You are now listening to the Charity Church Podcast. Well, good morning. Y'all good? Are you well? I think it's well. Should be the proper way. Anyway, um, hey, I, I, in case I haven't told you, I love charity. Do you? Good, good, good. You gotta waken up, awaken, awaken, arise, all right? Yeah, I love charity. I came here um, 18 years ago to be the student pastor uh, of this wonderful group of youth group who are now old and having babies. Um, but, but yeah, so in about 12 years ago, I became the senior pastor, and a lot of you have hung around, and that's amazing to me that that, that has happened. Um, but anyway, we're in this five-part series called I Love Charity, and, um, you know, watching that video that Luke put together and just seeing everything that God is just really blessing this place. And we say around here sometimes that I've not been to every church on the planet, but I've been to a lot of churches and I'm not sure there's a place that I'd rather worship more uh, on this side of heaven than right here with you as my charity family. And so, um, yeah, I agree. And our worship team does an incredible job of doing that. But let me just ask you this. Have you ever struggled to fit in? Have you ever struggled to fit in? When I was, when I was young, and even to some degree even now, I, I sometimes struggle. I'm, I'm, not the most, I'm a little bit socially awkward when it comes to meeting people and interacting with people you know, up, and, up close and personal. I'd rather do this than really out in the lobby meeting new people, if I'm being honest. Um, don't tell anybody that, because it's certainly not a good rap for a pastor to be that way. But that's just kind of how, so I don't really fit in sometimes, it feels like. When I was growing up, you know, I went to a few different schools, and I remember going to a new school, um, Shudrant, Louisiana, going to the school there, and just kind of trying to figure out where I fit in to this group of people that you know, kind of grew up together, small school, and I just kind of come in there, and, uh, and I just never really felt like I belonged there. And it, and it happens everywhere. It's well, like when you go to a new school, maybe when you get married and you go to that first big family gathering, and you're sitting over in the corner going, why did I marry this guy? Why did I marry this girl? This is the weirdest, most dysfunctional group of people ever. Matter of fact, we're going on family vacation right after the sermon is over. It's going to be a 15-minute sermon today, um, but we're going down big family gathering. There's probably a few awkward moments here and there that I will probably create, to be honest with you. Um, but also, maybe a new job where you went in there and everybody kind of knows their task to do, but it's around the water cooler, it's in the break room, it's when everybody wants to get together after work, and you're like, I'm not sure I really like these people, and you don't fit in, that kind of thing. And, and it happens a lot, but it also happens in church. You show up to a church and you try to figure out where you fit in. If you're new around here, you know, it's our desire that this church would be your church and we wanna do everything that we can to help this church feel like your church. But sometimes I know it's difficult to plug in. It's difficult to get connected and we want you to get connected. And then you start getting connected and you're like in a small group or whatever and, and they discover kind of where you fit in. And from that point on, you always bring the potato salad, right? Because they know you make great potato salad. We've got a lady in our church in our small group like that. Her name is Polly Lewis. And Polly, when she shows up, she shows up like with the appetizer or with the dessert. And when she shows up with the, with the um, white silver or the white platter, we know that's Polly's purpose. She brings the appetizer or she brings the Rice Krispie treats that just like, you have to pull them like six feet apart for the marshmallow to stop connecting. 
It's amazing, but not really. She offers more than just that, but, but you start to fit in and you start to know kind of where your place is. And that's what we want here. That's what we want you to know that we want you to fit in here at charity. And so today, part two of our series, we're going to talk about you fitting in and all of us fitting into what we call and what Jesus called the body of Christ. It's all of us working together to do what God has designed us as a body to do. But individually, how do you fit into that body? And so Paul, in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, talks about this. So Paul wrote to a church that was very, very highly dysfunctional church. There were a lot of people that tried to fit in that shouldn't have fit in. There were people who were um, not fitting in that probably should have fit in. And and so he writes this portion of this passage to this church um, to tell them how you should fit in to the body of Christ. And I just want to read through several verses and then come back and make some comments about it. So here's how it goes. Now, there are varieties of gifts, but the same spirit. There are varieties of service, but the same Lord. And there are varieties of activities, but it is the same God who empowers them all in everyone. To each is given the manifestation of the spirit for the common good. For to one is given through the spirit, the utterance of wisdom to another, the utterance of knowledge, according to the same spirit. To another, faith by the same spirit, and to another, the gifts of healing by the one spirit. To another, the working of miracles. To another, prophecy. To another, the ability to distinguish between spirits. To another, various kinds of tongues. To another, the interpretation of tongues. And he says, all of these are empowered by one and the same spirit who apportions each one individually as he Wills. And then he kind of brings it all home and he says this, for just as the, one, as the body is one and has many members and all the members of the body, though many are one body, so it is with Christ. And so if you've grown up in church, you've heard this before. You've heard that we are many members of one body and we all have our own individual function and every single part of the body is very, very important. If you don't believe that's true, you should try losing part of your body. Then you will realize how important every part of the body is. I don't have a lot of body parts missing, but I do have the end of one of my fingers missing. And even though it's a small part of my body, it's still a part of the body that there are times that I go, wow, I'm missing the end of that finger. Tracy remembers that well. Whenever I was seven years old, I cut that finger off. And Tracy, even though we were young, she still loved me like she never knew she could. And she was wondering, how is he going to wear a ring finger? I mean, a wedding ring on his ring finger. And so see, she still remembers what she thought. Um, So we want to look at this passage today and talk about how we all fit into the body and how you all, and we are all a part of one body doing what God has designed us to do. The first part of what we're going to talk about is this. Every follower of Christ is uniquely gifted. If you are a follower of Jesus Christ, you have been uniquely gifted. And here's what Paul says about that. There are varieties of gifts but the same spirit. There are varieties of service, but the same Lord. And there are varieties of activities, but it's the same God who empowers them all in everyone. When I was reading this this week, I saw something I'd never seen. And I've read this passage many, many times, studied it very deeply at times in my life. And 
He says this, there are a variety of gifts, but the same spirit. Services, same Lord. Activities, same God. And so I notice there's like three different things he's talking about here. And then he brings in the spirit, the Lord, and God, which by the way, Lord in Paul's writings, many times he's referring to Christ. So he's talking about the Holy Spirit. He's talking about Christ. He's talking about God. He's talking about the Trinity. So we get the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, all working together for gifts, service, and activities. What is the difference in all of those things? Why did Paul distinguish those things? Well, I think, first of all, he wants us to see that as we work together, we are a picture of the Trinity of God, that we are all working in unison together to accomplish what it is that God wants us to accomplish here on earth. And so as we look at those three parts there, he says, first of all, there are varieties or there are varieties of gifts, but the same spirit. Now, this idea of varieties means that there's just this apportionment or this distribution So God's in heaven going, okay, I'll give you this, I'll give you that, I'll give you that. And he's distributing these gifts from heaven for every person who's a follower of Christ. He is, he's sorting them out. He's apportioning those to us. And it's interesting to me that a good, healthy, growing, vibrant church like Charity has a good balance of gifts in it. There's a good balance of gifts throughout the congregation working together that God has distributed. And that is God's sovereignty at work right there. And then the other thing, when this little word gifts, it comes from a Greek word meaning, or that it comes from a Greek word called charisma. And it's the excitement. It's the, it's the, uh, the, the charismatic part of you. It's the, the gifting that God has given you. And interesting enough, this is the same Greek root word that we get the word for grace from. And if you look over in Paul's list, in Paul chapter, uh, Romans chapter 12, he says, having gifts, charisma, that differ according to the grace, charis, given to us, let us use them. And so what Paul is saying is that God has gifted you and you should be excited to use those gifts because it's out of his grace, not anything that you and I have risen up to deserve, that he gives us the giftings that he gives us. The modern terminology for this, if you you study it out, it would be like a birthday gift. Let me give you a good illustration of that. We have seven grandkids and Baker turned one year old um, like a week or so ago. And so we were trying to figure out what to buy Baker And so his older brother, Porter, had gotten a little four-wheeler for his seventh birthday. And so um, we wanted to get Baker something, you know, that he could have. And so we found one of those little ride-along toys that he sits on, a little four-wheeler. And you push the buttons, it makes all these kinds of annoying sounds, so it goes to their parents' house. And so, but it's got all these noises, flashing lights. And when we gave that to Baker, one year old, he loved it. I mean, he immediately, we put him on it and he wouldn't get off of it. He wouldn't, and this is one of those moments that does grandparents proud. He would only play with our gift. <laughs> and you're like, wow, he likes our gift best. Cause there's been other times when he liked our gift less or least, but this one he liked the most. So he would sit on it while he attempted to play with other toys. And when his brothers and, or his brother and sisters and cousins tried to get on that toy, he would push them away. And he's riding around the best he could. Only one leg will reach the floor, so he's scooting with one leg, running into furniture, running into people. But for us, it's like he loves the gift 
that we gave him, and he's actually using it. And that's what God does. He gives you these gifts, and he wants you to use it. He wants you to be happy with it. He wants you to be excited because it's a love gift that he's given you to use as a part of the body of Christ. And so God has gifted you and he's gifted me. And so he goes on. He says, there's also varieties of service, but the same Lord. This word service here is the word that we get our word deacon from. Now, deacons are chief servants in the church. We have a great guys that, group of guys that are deacons and they serve the body of Christ well. And that is the reason is because that word deacon means servant. And so it's, this commonly talks about the ministerial services in the church. It's like table waiters. It's like people that do the, the tasks that may seem menial, that don't seem like they get a lot of recognition, but there are certain people that this is what they thrive in, right? They don't have to be gifted and in, in doing uh, things that are, that are you know, out there for everybody to see. They love being behind the scenes and they love just waiting tables, stacking chairs, mopping floors, doing whatever, being behind cameras, whatever the case may be. They don't mind that. They don't want to be up here or, you know, in the limelight or getting that, all of that unnecessary attention. But this same word that we get that word from is the same word that Paul used to describe himself and Apollos, who were two of the main church leaders at the time. And he used this word to describe himself and Apollos, meaning that even those who would be pastors or apostles in this, in this particular passage, even those should be chief servants of the church. So this pastoral staff that we have, all of us should be chief servants, not to be raised up onto any kind of pedestal. We are all to be served, servers of the church. So there's a varieties of service, but it's the same Lord. And he goes on. And there are varieties of activities, but it's the same God who empowers them all in everyone. This is a little word that means the implementation or it's the, the practical working out of the gifts and the services. It's actually making those gifts and those services effectual to do the job that they were intended to do. So it's the energy of God working in and through us with the gifts and the services he's given us so that he can be on display and the energy and the power of God is working in and through us and it is the activities or the working out that is the same God who has empowered them in every single one of us. That's why when you don't think your job or your task or your place of service is very important, it is very important. I don't care if you hold a microphone. I don't care if you hold a camera. I don't care if you hold a baby. And I don't care if you hold a mop or a broom. Every single one of those things are just as important in the body of Christ as any of the others are. Because it's the power of God working through us together. Working through us together. There's a guy that wrote a book named Arnold Bettlinger, I think is how you pronounce his last name. It's called Gifts and Graces. And here's what he says in that book. It is not a matter of waiting until someone or something forces me, but it's a readiness to give out what God has placed in me. It is so hard, and we really don't like to do this um, when we have a need. Maybe there's the nursery shortage, and Angie will say, hey, we're really, really short on nursery uh, workers again this week. 
Weren't you last week too? And the week before that, and the week before that, and the week before that. So can you just kind of make a plea? Uh, we don't like to beg people to do that. What we, wanted, what we would love to see and what I think is pleasing to God is to know that he's given us some gifts and he's given us those gifts to be an outpouring and an outworking of what he's given us and us to just go, hey, I've got a gift and I want to use it because I'm so happy and I know it came by the grace of God and I want to use my gifts and I want to use my services to better the body of Christ. I want to work in the nursery so that a young mother who needs that time to just sit in quiet and listen to the worship and, and be a part of the singing and to listen to the word and just to sit in here. And I'm willing to sacrifice that time in order to hold a baby. And I heard of a pastor one time that did not show up in the auditorium. As a matter of fact, he was in the nursery holding a baby and trying to preach a sermon while he was doing that because they were shorthanded in the nursery. But this guy, he says, it's not a matter of waiting for someone to force us, but it's a readiness to give what God has placed in me and use that for his service. The next part of what we're going to talk about, every follower of Christ is uniquely gifted through divine power. Here's how he words it. All of these are empowered by one and the same spirit who apportions to each one individually as he wills. God is the one who distributes gifts. He's the one who says, I'm giving you this gift, I'm giving you this gift, and I'm giving you this gift. And he is the one who empowers those gifts, apportions those gifts, and it is his will. So all gifts are empowered by God, all gifts are apportioned by God, and all gifts are willed by God, because ultimately he is the good gift giver. Every good and perfect gift comes down from the Father of lights. And there is no shadow of turning from him. He is the good, the perfect gift giver. He knows exactly what you need. So if you're not gifted in one area, it cannot be forced and it cannot be taught. I don't care how many times Tom Dolinger asked to sing on our praise team. It ain't happening. Every week he goes in Sean's office, closes the door and says, let me try to sing another song for you to see if I can make it on the praise team. And every week it's the same answer. No, Tom, get out of my office. Get out of my office. You're not singing on the praise because he can't sing. He can't sing. So he's not ever going to be up here with the microphone. If he does, somebody's going to tackle him. But let me tell you what he can do. The boy can preach. And next week, you're going to get to hear Tom preach on groups and how important it is to be involved in a group. And so you're going to get to see his gifts on display there, not singing on the praise team. Okay, so it can't be forced. It can't be taught. It's gifted by God to do what God has designed you to do. And he is the one who empowers that. So no amount of coercion, no amount of enticement can put something in us that God has not already put there. And finally, every follower of Christ is uniquely gifted through divine power for a singular purpose. That's what is so cool about this deal. We are all working together for one common purpose. Our mission statement here at Charity is to lead people to know Christ and to grow in their relationship with him. And all of us together, working together, fulfill that mission statement. Here's how Paul words it. To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. And that common good is what God wants to be accomplished through the church. It's what God wants to be accomplished through the church. And this, 
This local body and all of these other wonderful churches around here are uniquely gifted. You know, people come to us and you can make comparisons all the time with different churches, but I'm telling you, God has put this body together to do what this body right here is designed to do. God has put the brook together to do what God has designed the brook to do, and they're effective and good at it. Because I was thinking one day about the body of Christ and all the different local churches around here. And I was thinking about athletes and I was thinking about people and just in general that, that some bodies are designed for running. Some bodies are designed for football. Some bodies are designed for basketball. Some are designed for ballet. Some are designed for cheerleading. Some are designed, and there are so many different diverse body types in this world. Some are just designed for buffets, but whatever the case may be, I'm kidding. But we're all designed, I should somebody, Becky gave me a Pez before service, and she said, I thought of this, something I learned in grad school, and she said that, that they had a teacher in grad school that gave them a Pez dispenser that said that not everything that pops into your head should pop out of your mouth. And she gave that to me, and I don't know why, but... But all of our bodies are designed for something specific. And I think that's the way it is with churches. Every church is designed by God to fulfill the mission of God in the way that God has gifted and designed that body to fulfill that mission. As long as it's leading people to know Christ and grow in their relationship with him. And so that means that, that we distinctively express the love of Christ in this world by the way that God has designed us. Because here's how God worked it out. In order to accomplish his work of salvation on earth, Jesus had a body made of flesh and blood. So God, Jesus, wanting to fulfill the redemptive plan, came to this earth as God in human form in order to die on the cross and to be raised on the third day for your sins and my sins and provide a way for salvation. So he, he did that by coming and taking on flesh and blood. However, in order to accomplish his work of evangelism today, or bringing other people to know Christ, Jesus has made a body out of you and out of me. So we today are God's plan for the salvation of the world, at least to get the word of salvation. Jesus is the plan, but we are the method of that. We go out and we share the gospel, and we do that by being a functioning, healthy, vibrant body of Jesus Christ called the church. So he says, as he wraps it up in verse 12, he says, for just as the body is one and as many members and all the members of the body, though many are one body, so it is with Christ. And when you look at churches and you look at, even though it may seem like this is a dysfunctional group at times, it is not. It is God weaving together people. And, and I've seen it over the years. And, and I just had something in my quiet time this week where I was just reading. And I was like, God, I see your handiwork in our church. I've seen people come and go over the years. And there's times when people leave and you just kind of fret over that. You go, wow, they were so faithful. They were such, so they were such a big part of this body. And you go, what are we ever going to do? And God's like, I got this. This is my body. I've got a purpose for them somewhere else now, and I'm going to bring somebody else into this body, and it's going to just keep functioning and keep going and keep growing and keep reaching people with the gospel. And that is the beauty of this being God's body and God working in and through us to accomplish his will, which brings me to this. We have a variety of gifts from God to serve the mission of God 
to accomplish the will of God. And that is why we are here. And when you discover that, when you discover how you fit into the body, it is a life-giving thing, not just for you, but to the body of Christ, because there's a bigger purpose than just you in this world. There's a bigger purpose than just me. It's all about something bigger than us. And it is the salvation of people. That's the message that we're about. I read this quote from this guy named Samuel Chadwick, and he, it, it was, it's just a way of expressing this. He says, every part of my being wakened up. I did not get a new set of brains, but I got a new mentality. I did not get a new faculty of speech, but I got a new effectiveness of speech. I did not get a new dictionary, but a new Bible. Immediately, I was a new creature with the same basis of natural qualities, energized, quickened, reinforced into a bigger vitality and effectiveness that nobody would have ever dreamed possible. This is what happens to, to those upon whom the Spirit comes. And when you become a follower of Jesus, the Holy Spirit of God comes and lives in you. And he empowers you and he empowers me with the gifts that he's given us to do the work that he wants accomplished on this earth and through his church. And our desire for you is that you get connected because ultimately every follower of Christ is uniquely gifted through divine power for a singular purpose. And that is to lead people to know Christ and to go and to grow in their relationship with him. And you may be the mouthpiece or you may not be, but every one of us working together accomplishes that. Those two boys that were up there in that baptism today, Liam and Ethan, they are there because of the whole collective body of Christ. Not just because of a small group leader who had played a big part of that, and not just because of a, a student pastor who played a big part in that, and not just because of parents who did a great job raising them. No, it's the entire body of Christ working together who all had their fingers in that part of the body working together because we're all working together for that purpose. So around here, there's a way for you to take your next step. And we've got some old-fashioned ways of doing it with pen and paper, and there are some tables right up here in the front. And what we want you to do is just consider taking this next step of volunteering here at Charity. And around here, we have four levels. We have a bronze level. And a bronze level is simply this. You're just saying this. Hey, I'm not volunteering anywhere right now, but I am willing to give it a shot. I don't know where I belong. And listen, by the way, if you look at 1 Corinthians, there's a list of spiritual gifts that he talks about there, but that's not a comprehensive list because there's a different list almost all together over in Romans. And then there's more in Ephesians and there are gifts all over there. And so when I just read through that, I didn't concentrate on that because you might have went and said, I'm not good at any of those. Listen. They may not have been on that because there's no comprehensive list that I'm aware of anywhere. People try this, but the best way for you to discover it is to just get involved. Just try something. So bronze level is for you. I'm willing to give it a shot. Then there's the silver level. The silver level says, hey, I'm willing to give it a shot and I'm willing to give it six months. 
I will serve in this capacity for six months. Count on me in the nursery. Count on me as a volunteer um, greeter out there, first impressions. Count on me in security. Count on me in student ministry. Count on me for six months, I'm willing to give that. And then there's the gold level. This is a person who says, hey, I'll give it a year. I'll give it 12 months. I'll give it a full semester or a full school year, whatever the case may be, or platinum. And we got so many of these around here that say, listen, I'm signed up indefinitely. I'm ready to be committed to the long-term participation in volunteering here at Charity. So you can go to one of the tables and get one of these. There's a basket right behind the sign, fill it out. Just drop it in that basket as we sing this song in just a moment. Or if you like to do it a little bit more on your technology, you can go to charity.church forward slash serve. That same form is online and you can do it. And someone will follow up with you. So if you sign up, get ready to be followed up with because we want everybody that possibly can be to be connected here and volunteering because God has gifted you. God has gifted you and God is empowering that in you to accomplish his will through you. So let's all be a part of the body of Christ. There are times when we need to sit down on a pew and listen, but for the most part, we all need to be involved and get involved in serving the body of Christ. So as we stand together, let me pray for us. And then you just respond as God leads you. Father, we love you and we're so thankful for you. Thank for this body of Christ that you've put together and called charity. And Lord, as we move forward to accomplish your will, it's my prayer that you would plug in as many people here and volunteer ministry as you would like to see involved in that. God, we believe it's 100%. And so today we just pray that people would step forward and just sign up to at least say, I'll give it a shot to see how God has gifted me and empowered me to accomplish his will through me. And it's in his name we pray, amen.